here after I make a couple of announcements there. And uh, he left some kids and a wife, so it's definitely um, not a good time of the year to be losing someone for sure right here at Christmas. Impact Christmas party Friday evening at 7 p.m. So you through the Impact Christmas party and then December 22nd, the Burton's work crew. They'll be up Christmas program Sunday the 23rd. There'll be one service, 10 a.m. be Sunday school, 11 will be our morning worship and there'll be singing and we're gonna have a uh, Christmas program on, at 11 a.m. And afterwards, we're going to have food and you are invited to come for that. Amen, hopefully that's all clear. And then welcome to Bible study tonight. Amen. We're going to look at again the biblical view of the Godhead. The biblical view of the Godhead. And I keep saying this because I want to make sure that, that I, if there's any way I can to program you, to program you in regards to this here. And that is your knowledge of the oneness of God shouldn't be used to attempt to prove someone wrong. It should be used to enlighten and educate individuals about the truth of the oneness of God. It's only God's mercy that he, you know anything about the word of God, period. You even know who he is. And so we have nothing for us to be um, proud about or boastful about. I know more than you know. No. Everything you have should be given in humility, delivered with compassion and love. And uh, it's not that I know something you don't know. That's not the way it is. So I hope you will remember this. Uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. I know that some of you probably found out that it's Christmas time. So a couple little things have been happening to let us know. Definitely hasn't been cold and snowing, that's for sure. It's been nice. It's been nice. Better than some of these states that are having snowstorms and ice storms and we're sitting up here in 40 and 50 degree weather I'm telling you it's beautiful beautiful Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 25 uh, my voice is going a little bit if someone would like to stand and read that for us it would be greatly appreciated nice and loud go ahead brother Walker I thought it'd be very appropriate to read this portion of scripture at this time and deal with the Godhead in regards to this. You need, you need to understand this. Jesus Christ didn't evolve into the mighty God as he grew older. 
He wasn't born a baby, and then all of a sudden, as he got a little older, he started evolving. He was the almighty God at birth. <laughs> you need to get your mind around that. It's not like, oh, he just as he grew, he was getting to be stronger as the almighty God. When you have all power, you can't get any stronger. All right? So he was the almighty God at birth, folks. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. When he was born, guess what? The angels worshipped him at his birth, folks. The angels worshipped him at his birth. Why did they worship him? Well, the angels are not going to worship any but God. No one else is going to be worshipped by the angels but God. Because if they start worshipping somebody else, they're going to be gone, folks. <laughs> So the only one they're going to worship. So when it says they were at the beginning, the first folks, it was the angels were worshiping the almighty God at his birth. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waning for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now that word Christ there means anointed or Messiah. The anointed one or Messiah is what that Christ. So he had been told by the Spirit of God that he was not going to die until he seen the anointed one in flesh the Messiah. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, who? Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? Even God followed the law. Hmm. Then took he him up in his arms. Who's that? Jesus. And blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Wasn't going to die until he saw the Christ or the anointed one or the Messiah. And the minute he held Jesus in his arms, he says, okay, I can go now. Why? For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. <gasps> they were surprised. Seriously? You were surprised at this point? Okay. Okay, Mary, you, you, you had a baby and you were a virgin. And so now you're surprised that some guy's saying that this is the Redeemer? Hmm. You know, our humanity, we fight a lots of things in our humanity. It seems like to me if you were a lady and you had never known a man and all of a sudden you gave birth, you would say, I think this might be a God thing. How many would you agree with that? Okay. 
And how many would say that if you had an angel appear to you and tell you you were going to have the birth and what to name it and all those things, you'd say that was uh, probably a miracle and a thing from God, right? And then all of a sudden you have a man that grabs the baby, holds him in arms and says, Oh, the salvation of Israel! <gasps> and they're all marveling. Does anybody see any, something kind of ironic in this? It's our humanity. We have a hard problem, hard time getting our mind around God. It doesn't matter how many miracles you see, how many great things He does for you. We have a hard time as humans getting our mind around how God works and the miracles of God and the power of God. Now look at this, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Who's he talking about? And he's talking about a little baby because he was still a baby if he was holding him in his arms, okay? It was a baby. So this little baby was still the almighty God wrapped in flesh even though he was a baby, folks. Get this, and she coming in the instance gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. Zanna, she walked in right after this. There's two, two or three verses right after that. And she comes in and she says, Redeemer of Israel. Who? Yeah, the little baby. The little baby. The little baby was the Redeemer of of Israel at, as a child. This is Christmas time. We're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And I'm trying to give you a little, little information tonight that you can connect with. We're going to get in a little deeper here. To connect with the birth of Jesus Christ. He was the almighty God in flesh as a baby. As a teenager. As an adult. All the way through. And when they were come into the house, they saw, you said, why, you may say, well, why is that important? There are false doctrines out there, folks. And what I'm trying to do is get you to understand truth so you won't be fooled by false doctrines. That's the reason why I'm emphasizing this, and I could go down that road, but I think it's better for me to just stay on truth, and you don't worry about what the stupid stuff is. We'll just stay with what truth is. But that's what you need. So when you hear that, you'll say, that can't be. That can't be. Here we go. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and... <gasps> and it says, a young child. <gasps> you're not supposed to be worshiping anybody but God. And you're worshiping this little child, this young little child. What are you doing? You can't do that. Yes, they can if the little child was the almighty God in flesh, even as a little child. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him Jesus gifts and gold and frankincense and myrrh. Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 11 there. Wow, isn't this beautiful? Wow, he was the almighty God of heaven and he's being confirmed. One person after another after another is confirming that he is the almighty God of heaven in flesh. Both in heaven and on earth, he's being confirmed as the almighty God in flesh, folks. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephraim, 
Though thou be little among the thousand of Judah, out of thee shall he come forth unto me. That is to be ruler whose going forth hath been from of old, from everlasting. But thou, what? What does it say? But thou, Bethlehem, what, what? The city of Bethlehem, where did, where, why was it significant? At what point in Jesus' life was it significant? Bethlehem. Birth. He was born in the little town of Bethlehem. And so when the Micah is saying, guess what, Bethlehem? You're going to have the ruler of Israel born in your city. The ruler. It's not that he's going to someday be the ruler of Israel. It is the ruler in Israel born in Bethlehem, folks. When he was born, he was born the ruler of Israel. He was born a God, Redeemer, Savior. He was born as a child, as the Almighty God. I'm emphasizing this, it's important. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and Wait a minute. And bear a son and, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 7, 14. And Brother Walker just read that verse for us a moment ago. And we'll go there again. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted. God with God. God, God no, it's little God with us. It's a little God. It's a Jehovah Junior. It's the little guy. You can't... Are you saying this is the big God? The Almighty? Yeah, it's the big God. It's the Almighty God of heaven, folks. God with us. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? What a man! Here we go. This human thing we always face. Mary was thinking that the Father would be after mankind. Her mind was, she could not really understand what was being told to her. So she's trying to figure this out. Okay, so which man then is going to impregnate me so I can have a child and we can call him Emmanuel? What, what's happening here? Folks, any of you women would have had a hard time with this one. And all of us husbands would have had a hard time when she told us. <laughs> We're like, oh yeah, right. Okay, that's not happening there. Okay? Get, get this. She says, why? Because her thinking is there's no way except a man and a woman get together that we can have a child. So she goes, so I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. The Son of God. Not God the Son. The Son of God. I covered that the other day. It's not God the Son, folks. That term is not in the Bible. It is the Son of of God. He was the son of God and the son of man. 
son of God, which we're going to find out in just a moment, was this conception that the angels tell about him, and the son of man right here because of Mary. He's both son of God and son of man. Look at this. A son is a male offspring, a boy or a man in relation to his parents. Now get this. Jesus was born of a virgin. He was conceived by the Holy Ghost. Because of this, he was the son of God. Mary says, what man? No man. No man. She would have more children, but they would be half brothers and sisters to Jesus Christ. Because Mary would be their mother, Jesus says, and all of them. But their difference between all of the siblings of Jesus was Jesus' father was the almighty God of heaven, and all the rest of them was after Joseph. So none of the other siblings were the son of God. They were all just the sons of man. Daughters of man. Only Jesus Christ was the son of God. Only Jesus Christ. And you're saying that. I wish I could go down that road, but just believe me. You need to get this into your mind. The label son isn't an honorary title given to Jesus. It's not an honorary title given to Jesus. Jesus is the absolute son of God because God and not man caused his conception, folks. God was literally his father. Now you folks, I used to teach biology here, all the things. Don't try to get me to explain to you how that worked. Okay, I can explain about the male and the female, and how all that works. This is totally a mystery because we don't know how God, but if he can create Adam and Eve, then he can surely do this also, folks. So I don't know how it all works, and guess what? We don't have to waste any time trying to figure it out. We just need to understand God was literally the father God was literally the, his father of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, no other one, no one was ever begotten of him in the flesh except for Jesus Christ. We are begotten in the spirit, but only he was begotten in the flesh. None other, only, that's the reason why the word only is there, that whosoever believeth in him, Jesus, should not perish but have everlasting life. To beget means to father, sire, procreate, or cause. Jesus was begotten by God in the womb of the Virgin Mary, folks. Whew. That's hard for us to get our minds around. That's how great our God is. But that's how Jesus Christ had his beginning in the flesh, folks. Was through this conception of Mary and the almighty God of heaven's spirit causing that conception inside of her. She was a virgin. Folks, they did not have the technology back then to fertilize the egg back then 
The only way they could do it is for a man and a woman to get together. That's absolutely the only way. So when it says she was a virgin, folks, this is an absolute miracle of God for this to happen. No other way. God worked an absolute miracle in the birth. Look at this. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son, Son of God. Wow. Who is it? Who is it? Jesus Christ. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offer up Isaac and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. Same identical word used here with Abraham in regards to Isaac as you read just a moment ago when regards to the almighty God of heaven and Jesus Christ. The same identical word begotten is used in both of them. As real as Abraham made Sarah pregnant and she gave forth a child, the almighty God of heaven impregnated Mary and she gave forth a child named Jesus Christ, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, folks. Oh, hallelujah. And without controversy, great is the mystery of Godless. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory, folks. And received up into glory. God was man. God was, everybody say God. God was manifest. What's the word manifest? He made himself visible to us. In the Old Testament, God was a spirit. You could not see him. There was theophanies where he would go into the bush, the bush would burn, and all of a sudden Moses could see that, and those, those things were there. But there was never where there was an absolute body that he came in and housed inside of until Jesus Christ. That's when all of a sudden he built this temple out of flesh called Jesus Christ to dwell in, folks. God was manifest in the flesh, folks. Hallelujah. Jesus is like no other man that ever has been or will be. No one else ever, ever was like Jesus Christ. And get this, he has two natures. He is fully God and fully man. Two natures. And this part right here is the place where so many people get confused is this two natures of Jesus Christ. And I dealt with it the other day, but I just want to touch it again here because I don't think I can say it too many times because this is truly a, a stumbling block to people. You must understand the two natures. They call it dual natures of Jesus Christ. He was all God. He was all man. But you have to look and see when you read scriptures, where does it fit into which nature? He was hungry. God doesn't get hungry. So then what side was that? That was in the role of the man. Okay, get this. You ready? He was tired. 
The Bible says God never sleeps nor slumbers. He doesn't get tired, but there's that role that he's fulfilling. You have to always, when you read scriptures, make sure you don't get confused on which nature. Look at this. Jesus Christ had two natures with two separate roles being played. God took on the form of a baby and lived among men. Amen. It's exactly what happened, folks. It wasn't when he hit 30 and started his ministry, because this false doctrine you will hear. It wasn't when he hit 30 that then the Spirit came into him in his ministry time. That's absolutely straight from hell. That's false doctrine, folks. I'm here to tell you, as a baby, he was the almighty God of heaven, wrapped in flesh. You get your mind around that. God took on the form of a baby and lived among men. Hear me. Great is the mystery of godliness. It is difficult for us to comprehend fully how the miraculous conception, the union of God and humanity that took place in the womb of Mary, but we can accept it by faith, folks. I can't tell you all of the things in biology because it doesn't make any sense. But this one thing I do, I know the word of God is true. And if it says that the spirit overshadowed her and she conceived, folks, that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened because the word of God tells us so. God wants us to understand and profess that he came in the flesh. We need to understand and profess he came in the flesh, folks. Hear me, if we reject this doctrine, we are rejecting the very knowledge of who God is and the reason he came. If you reject that God was in flesh, you reject the whole thing about the cross of Calvary. You're rejecting everything. That, the only reason why we're here is the blood. The lamb that was slain. And if you reject the whole idea of Jesus Christ, then you are rejecting the lamb that was on the cross. You destroy our salvation, our redemption. Because it all goes back to what? What we're going to celebrate next week. And that is the birth that happened in Bethlehem when Jesus was born and placed inside a manger. Folks, it was all about the cross of Calvary. He came to die. That's the reason why he came. It was all about us. Hear me. That, that manger and him being born there, that wasn't about him. That was about us. It was about humanity that he became flesh. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. <gasps> That's book, folks. That's right in your book right there. If you confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, you're a deceiver and an antichrist. That's pretty powerful words right there, folks. <laughs> Look at this. Whosoever transgathereth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and... <laughs> 
Why? Because the doctrine of Christ includes both of them. <laughs> so if you have the doctrine of Christ, you have the doctrine of both the Son and the Father. Oh, man. I and my Father are one. <laughs> John 10 and 30, folks. But he's saying, hey, this is a powerful statement right there. For many deceivers are entered into world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Man, I'm telling you, that's powerful words in the word of God in regards to, folks, we got to get our minds around that it was the almighty God of heaven wrapped in flesh in the man Christ Jesus. Amen. It's good stuff. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but how? And who was that? We read on. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us a Father and it suffice. I'll, I'll be satisfied, Lord, if you'll just show us the Father. Now, he'd been with him a while, folks, and that's what his response was. Look at Jesus said, to have, have, Jesus is speaking. Look at the personal pronoun he uses. Who did he ask for? He said, show me the, Jesus is like going, I knew there would be simple ones among this, but this is really ridiculous. Okay, all right, so let's get this work. Okay, Philip. Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not? Who's speaking? Jesus. Not the second person of Trinity. Not Jehovah Junior, not God the Son, the Son of God and the Almighty God dwelling in that temple is saying, have I the Father been so long with you and yet you haven't even recognized the Father? And have and that have seen me have seen the Father and how sayest thou then, show me the Father you simple one? <laughs> he didn't say that, but oh wow. Folks, when you looked at Jesus Christ, let's go back. I and my father are one. When you looked at Jesus Christ, you were looking in the face of the Father. Whew. Whew. Oh my word. Folks, you can't get this from just reading books. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, this flesh is not talking here. It's not this. It's not originating with this flesh because this flesh doesn't have that kind of intelligence and can't do these things. It's not this. Look, not myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the work. The dual nature, the things I do that all these crazy things in the flesh and where I'm weak and all these things, that's the flesh. But the things you're seeing of the miracles, that's the Father dwelling in me. We serve 
a mighty God. And I am thankful for a revelation of who Jesus Christ really is, folks. Oh, hallelujah. I'm trying to hurry along so you don't get done too early. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else believe me for my very word's sake. Work's sake, what do you mean? Humans can't do this. The humans can't do what you've been seeing, Philip. <laughs> it's not possible. So then look at my works and realize this is a higher power than any man you've ever seen before. Have you seen a man do these things before, Philip? No, because no man can do this. So believe me, for the work's sake, the miracles. I'm going to tell you what. Some of the things you see in your life that God does for you, there's no way man could ever do those. That's God working in your life. For you to have a good attitude in some of the situations you fight and battle with, folks, that's not your flesh. That is the Spirit of God working inside of you. That's the works of the Father at work in you, folks. Amen. Here we go. The revelation of Jesus Christ is not revealed because of your association with a church that teaches truth. It is not revealed because of your family lineage. Revelation doesn't come that way. Well, if I just sit on a pew, then I'm going to get this whole revelation. Or since my parents and my grandparents were in the church, I'm going to get this thing. No, I've had people that are born and raised in this church and later come back and tell me they believed in two gods. And the Lord only knows how many sermons they heard being raised in the church their whole entire life and hearing there's only one God, sermon after sermon, and then come back and say, I can see that there's not three gods, but I can see where there's two gods. They didn't get it by just sitting on the pew, and they didn't get it because their family was in this church. Look at this. The Jews answered him saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. For Why? And because that thou being a man makest thyself God? Look at it. Here we go another one. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but saith also that God his Father making himself equal with God? They were ready. The Jews were the chosen people of God. Everybody agree with that statement? He was, this is the group of people he came for, his people first. Who received the Holy Ghost first on the day of Pentecost? It wasn't the Gentiles. It was the Jews. These were his preferred people, folks. And even being their preferred people, they didn't get the revelation of who he was. They were Jews chosen by God, kept by God, blessed by God, and yet here they are, and they cannot understand who Jesus Christ was. You need to hear me. You've got to have God give you a revelation of who he is. You have to have God open your eyes and show you who God is. You can study verses, but if God doesn't give you an understanding, you cannot see it unless God gives you an understanding. Yes. 
I don't know. Because I'm going to tell you what, folks. If God ever gives you insight to the revelation of who he is, you better love it. Why? Because God can cloud your mind to the point you won't even, you'll get to the point where you'd say, oh, I don't even believe there is a God anymore. It's in the book, folks. If you reject him, he can cause you to start thinking stupid thoughts and totally don't even understand there is even a God. So if God gives you an understanding that there's only one God and his name is Jesus and it was the almighty God of heaven manifest in the flesh, you better love it, cherish it, and keep it and protect it. Don't lose it, folks. Oh, hallelujah. I would say that word we used a while ago, antichrist, that's probably a bad thing. What do you think? John stated, look, rejecting the revelation of Jesus Christ makes you an antichrist. <laughs> Folks, go ahead and look where we use that word antichrist in other places. It's a bad thing to be an antichrist. That means you're against Christ. And if Christ is God, it means against God. And John said, if you don't, if you don't accept, you want to reject this revelation of Jesus Christ being the almighty God in flesh, you are literally termed antichrist. I got verses. We could go into lots. Many people reject truth because of their own preconceived ideals of who God is and how God should act. We get these ideals in our mind that may not even be at all based in this. But then we filter everything through these false teachings and false doctrines that we heard when we were younger. And all of a sudden it's hard for us to accept the word of God because of preconceived doctrines and ideals of who we think God is. Not only in the oneness of God, but in so many different avenues of God, we put God in a box. Why? Because of our own thinking. We limit God. Why? Preconceived ideas. God can't do that because your mind says he can't do that. That's the reason why you've got to have faith to get rid of your human reasoning so you can have faith in the word of God. The word of God will help you to know how great our God is and there are no limits to God. Oh, hallelujah, folks. You've got to understand, just because you heard it as a child, even in church, if it's not in the Bible, that means it's not true. I remember a man here, he's passed away now for a long time ago, but I remember he, 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 he quit us and went to another church because he couldn't accept that his mother wasn't going to be saved, even though she was a good, and I'm not going to even name the religion, but I know, good religious person. That's his thinking. He couldn't get out of that thinking. And so he left us years and years and years and years ago because of his own, he was blocked in his own mind. I'm telling you folks, we need the blood of Jesus Christ to cover this flesh and help us to get this flesh underneath the Spirit of God and let the Spirit of God lead us into all truth. When you got the Holy Ghost, let God lead you in the Word. 
Oh, hallelujah. Here we go. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the... Woo! <laughs> Woo! Man, you know why your pastor's up here teaching about this whole thing? It's because God gave me an understanding and a revelation of it. Did that make me better than anybody else? Absolutely not. No, there are men that have much, 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 much more education than I have. Are way smarter than I am. But I'm going to tell you what, I am blessed by God. And you are blessed by God to have a revelation of Jesus Christ. To know that he's the mighty God wrapped in flesh. And he was born in a manger and his name is Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. i got to read that one more time. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me is not after man. Oh, go to all the seminaries you want to. Get all the degrees you want to. And you can come out of those with master degrees and doctor degrees, PhDs, and not understand who Jesus is. Because it's not after man. But you can be simple as I am. And you can be an uneducated person in this house. But if you will just listen to God and study your word and follow the Holy Ghost, guess what? You can have a revelation of Jesus Christ. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it. But all of a sudden, God opened my understanding and let me know, wow, woo, wow, Jesus Christ, I know who he is. Now, do you guys know who wrote Galatians? Who? Paul. <laughs> Yeah. Well, go read your pedicure. I mean, pedicure. <laughs> he looked at all of his stuff. Pedigree of all of his stuff. Man, he was this and this and this and this and this and this and this. Very educated. Very learned. And back then, learned in the law. That's where they were educated in, was in the law. Paul knew this book, folks, of what he had to that day. Didn't have the New Testament, but what he had, he knew that book. But then he comes along and says, I didn't get it just because I know the book. He sat when he was younger and men taught him. Taught him from where? The prophets. That's what he learned. He learned from the prophets. And yet he comes along after with all of his knowledge and he says, man, it's only because God opened my eyes and gave me an understanding that I know who it is. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, folks, next week we're going to celebrate Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ in that manger there, folks. But I'm going to tell you what, you need to have an understanding that when he was there, that was the almighty God of heaven. Wrapped in flesh right there. Right there. That's the almighty God. It's picture made up, artist, whoever. But I'm telling you. Hey, you ready? The greatest gift you could receive is to be given an understanding of the Godhead. And to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's absolutely the best gift you could ever get. Because the reason why... You can't buy that gift. 
you can be a billionaire and still not buy a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. But you can be so poor you can't afford anything. And God give you a complete understanding of revelation, fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and give you revelations of... A, folks, I'm telling you what, the revelation of Jesus Christ is just the beginning of things that God can unfold to you and open to you in His Word. I, I love the Word of God, because you'll read it, and then I'll just be working, and the next thing you know, this thought hits me, and I go, oh my word, I never saw that in my life. That's not me. That's not my human. That's the Holy Ghost quickening our minds. That happened to anybody before? It's like, whoa, man, that's awesome. The revelation of Jesus Christ is the very foundation upon which you should build. But then God, if you're hungry, God will continue to give you revelation and enlightenment and understanding of his precious word, folks. And guess what? You can never exhaust. You can never exhaust the knowledge and understanding of the word of God. Can we stand here tonight? Amen. I try to get done about 8.30 every Wednesday night because I know you guys have to go to work and work. And I've been sleeping all day and resting for this, so... I do want to thank, I do say I want to thank the Lord today. We were jacking a house up and I had this eight ton jack underneath this big beam and Devin and I was standing there and I was down in there jacking that thing up and I still don't know really what happened but something happened and that jack kicked and shot out from under that beam and hit that wall. Well, thank the Lord, I just, five seconds, out of there. That, it can break your arm, your leg, or what crash you up pretty good when you have all that weight of that building sitting down on that beam and all of a sudden that jack kicks and go pow, slams. Oh, there's like, whew, Lord, thank you for watching out for me today. Amen. We really don't know how much God takes care of us and watches for us from day to day. You don't know how many nuts. God just went, pulled them back and let you go on by and then go, let go on in. I'm serious. You don't really know how much God has kept you in this week. God is really good to us, folks. The fact that you are alive another year and living in Portland and driving in Portland, that's a miracle right there. God's good to you. Amen? So I tell you what, we need to take a moment. If you know who the Almighty God of heaven is, wrapped in flesh in the name of Jesus Christ, you need to throw your hands in the air and let's thank the Lord for the revelation and understanding Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, tonight for your precious word, Lord. Thank you, O oh Lord, again, God, to know that you are the mighty God in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world unto yourself. Lord, I am so thankful, God, that you have given us understanding of your word. And Lord, to know that you are truly the Son of God, and yet, Lord, you were the Son of Man, and yet you were the Almighty God of heaven. I thank you, Lord, even tonight, God, that you, Lord Jesus, have filled us with your spirit. You, God, abiding in us, Lord. You, Lord, abiding in us and giving us understanding for us. The spirit of truth will lead us into all truth. God, help us, Lord. Help us as a church, God, to hunger and thirst, Lord, after you, to know more about you, Lord, to know more about your word, Lord. Give us more depth, Lord, in your word, God, that we may be rooted and grounded in truth as a wind 
winds, oh God, of false doctrine blows, Lord, that our feet, God, would be planted upon your word. Oh God, I thank you again for your presence and for your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord.